Welcome back. Last week, we shared part one of the why it is so important for brands and retailers to adopt a CLV approach. This week, we are diving into, and I'm sure you guys are on the edge of your seat, how do retailers and brands actually go about doing this and what not to do? Happy listening. As much as I love cutting data, Matt and Celeste, I think it's a little unfair <laughs> just sitting here behind our screens, cutting data and telling the retailers and the brands that they're not doing a particularly good job at building deep relationships with customers. So I'm just curious, like, what would you do differently under a true CLV approach? Yeah, I mean, that's a great thing. And, and, and I think here's what I would say. I think, first of all, brands and retailers are probably trying things. And I think one of the greatest things you can do is to actually ask a consumer how it resonates with them. And I think what, that's what this research was about was you could be trying things. It's just not resonating. And so I think that's where we say, like, how well do you know your customer? How well do you know what's important to them? And then how are you engaging them? Which is about this idea of CLV, right? So I think one of the things we should be thinking about, if you think about investing in customer lifetime value versus just tracking it, is like I said, first, knowing your customer, who are they? Second is segmenting customers, your best customers, and then maybe your next best customers. And then maybe they're the mm -hmm. customers you segment that really don't matter to the brand, which sounds horrible to say, but there are some that are kind of what I refer to as kind of bad profit. Um, because yeah. they engage in ways that are very unprofitable for the brand or retailer. And then the third is to understand what's important to each segment. And, and Celeste, I mean, I, you and I have talked about this a lot about, you know, whether it's experiences are more important to you or exclusive access to product is more important to Vlad or maybe promotions or value are more important to me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or values. Exactly. It's being part of a community. And so understanding what's important, which will allow you then, which is the fourth thing, which is to engage each segment of customers in their preferred way, right? Which I think also helps mm -hmm. with marketing spend that you're not sending kind of messages that aren't, they don't resonate to people, but you're actually really targeting your communication based on what people kind of uh, find important. And then the fifth, which I think is probably strangely the most important is about learning about your customers mm -hmm. from every customer interaction. I think there is this interesting lack of curiosity in the industry that I think we have got to fix um, of truly wanting to know the customer, we talk about putting the customer at the center of everything. I keep hearing this from all these brands and retailers, but the way you keep at the center is you constantly learn about them and get to know them and figure out how to actually service them better. So I know there's a lot to unpack there. It is a lot. And I'm going to break in here and do one thing because I, I like your point about curiosity. And I feel like just in my past life, it was always like, you have to know the customer before, before even talking to them. And a lot of that was through my transactional sales data that I really dug into. But what I found the most valuable and where I really got to know my customers the best was when I would go into my stores and I would mm -hmm. talk to the customers and I would look at how they're engaging with sales associates. And that's truly where I felt like I knew my customer best. It wasn't sitting behind the screen. It was truly going out and talking to them. And I think that, that we have to have that sort of human approach to this also. Oh my God, totally. And I think what you just said, which is the, even like the humanizing of a digital approach, right? So if you can't be with customers all the time in stores, at your point, you're using your five senses to see and to hear, to touch and all those different things. How do you use technology to help you collect the right data and to use it in the right way to yeah. give you those insights that you got from being in stores, right? Like it's not going to be a perfect substitution, but I think to your point, this idea of really leaning in and trying to be curious and learn is, is critically important in this new world, mm -hmm. especially as we get more digital. Absolutely. 
Mate, if I understand it correctly, like both the first step and the fifth step are really about learning about customers and truly really understanding customers. That's also yes. the point that Celeste was making around how important it is to be in the stores and talk to customers and understand them. You could almost connect that final, final point to the first one and call it a CLV flywheel. <laughs> is that like another one for your Twitter? Oh, yes. I just came up with that on the spot. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's good stuff. Maybe I'll actually steal that from you. Oh, Twitter war. Maybe you, you'll get a pretty from the Twitter war. Yeah. Exactly. Right. All right. Um, this is super interesting, but where do we kind of help retailers and brands get started with the right CLV strategy? Yeah. So that's a, I think it's a great question and I don't mean to kind of simplify this, but I do think it's really about asking questions about your own organization and how it's actually set up. And so there are five questions, which I would ask if I were a brand or retailer. The first being, are we truly committed to building lifetime relationships with customers, building, not just tracking what was, but investing in what could be, right? And then number two, are we considering the potential of all tiers of customers? You know, in the, my previous lives, when we segmented, there are your top customers, but then there's the next tier down that is on the verge of being a top customer. What does it take to get them to that top tier, right? So really understand the potential of different kind of segments. The third is, are we finding ways to deliver relevant, and I love this phrase, value exchange with your customers? Like, you know, it's interesting. People talk about data and customers are still very willing to give you personal information if it gets used to their benefit. It's when it doesn't get used to their benefit that they actually stop wanting to share things, right? So that value exchange is really important. And are you looking for ways to actually find out what that is and deliver it? That's number three. Number four are we engaging the entire business around building relationships? It cannot be something that sits in marketing. It cannot be something that sits in operations. Every single person that owns a function within the brand or retailer has to understand what their part of building a customer lifetime relationship and customer lifetime value is, and then have the ability to execute on those things. So it's a full kind of 360. And then the last piece, which we just talked about, and I think, you know, you really hit the nail on the head, Celeste, is are we learning from every customer interaction? Because what was important to me a year ago, even a month ago, might not be important to me now. But unless we're mm -hmm. constantly refreshing our knowledge and staying up to date, you know, relationships are either growing or they're dying. So you have to actually invest in them. That's a lot of really good points. I especially love the point just around, you know, each person who touches the customer experience is really a stakeholder. And so it's not just one person's job to learn from every customer interaction. It's really a team aspect and how Absolutely. you really collect the organization around that. So I really like that. Is there anything else that we're missing? Um, you know, it's interesting. I will share this very quick little anecdote uh, at a company <laughs> that I was, I was at previous to coming here. We had incredibly high value customers. And I would say from a CLV approach, we knew how to track them, right? The uh, purchases, the frequency, the average lifespan, all the things that most people do in CLV. And at Holiday, we actually decided, well, it'd be great to give our best customers something to thank them for being best customers. And we gave oh, every single, nice. I know, right? The idea sounds wonderful. <laughs> but we gave every single customer two Baccarat champagne glasses, which sounds lovely, except that when you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on product, you probably don't need two champagne glasses from us. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what set you're completing. And frankly, if you only have one other friend except for yourself, that's <laughs> just sad, right? So what we should have done, because about $500 per person that we spent was really given that money to their sales associates who knew their likes, their preferences, mm -hmm. had that relationship and said, buy something relevant that's meaningful and personal and actually kind of that would have been super, super positive. So interesting, going back to your point, Celeste, about the time you spent in stores, the more we figure out ways to kind of learn and understand and create these 
empathetic human connections using data, using technology, the less likely we are to actually give kind of gifts that are nice, but not relevant. And I guarantee you, there are a lot of people that have regifted champagne glasses somewhere in the U.S. I mean, I wouldn't mind the champagne glasses. I know, me neither. Like the, the high value customers that you're talking about probably already had a set at home. Yeah, yeah. I would <laughs> totally take them too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. May occasionally be a good fit those champagne glasses. If Celeste was one of your high value customers, <laughs> those two battery champagne glasses. Probably would be. Would be a good I'd be like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe, I sh- maybe I shouldn't have shared that story because I could potentially give you guys Barker crystal wine glasses for holiday this year. I won't tell you where well, I got them. Matt, that would show me that you know my likes and preferences. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That is true. We have stopped talking about your drinking. Um, anyway, guys, thank you for being on today. This is great. Um, and we really appreciate the conversation around a really important topic, right? Which is how do you build these incredible relationships with customers that drive loyalty and participation and customer lifetime value. So Vlad, thank you. Celeste, thank you. Everybody, thanks for joining. And we'll see you next week for more What's What Goodness. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Well well played, Celeste. Well played. (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. Everything you wanted to know about building a CLB approach in two easy-peasy episodes. Listen in next week for a deep dive on how retailers and brands can survive and thrive in an inflationary world. You won't want to miss it. Talk soon.